welcome to the Media Boat Podcast. Hi, everybody. Today is October the 30th. Ooh, spooky. Of 2021. This is episode 303, or 303, for those who celebrate. (laughs) If you don't know what the Media Boat Podcast is, we are a podcast that's dedicated to bringing you news and thoughts about media, including movies, television, video games, and music, but not necessarily in that order. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. It's not technically a Halloween episode, but we are uh, <laughs> not dressing up yet. Yeah. So. No. no. So, uh, yeah, no costumes no for costumes. the live version on um, on YouTube. So, sorry to disappoint. But we do have a wonderful podcast full of stuff for you. So let's get right to it because uh, it might be on the shorter side this week. Not a whole lot of news going on. So let's pull up these uh, these news here, and let's start with movies, as we always do, and start movies with the box office numbers, as we always do as well. Number one this week, of course, was Dune with a $41 million debut. I don't think we did a prediction for this. No, but that $41 million is the most for an HBO Max oh, um, uh, same-day co-release. co-release. Well, that's good. So Dune made some money despite being on streaming services. It did average about two, I think it topped out at two million viewers over the course of the weekend Okay, from streaming only. Uh-huh. So we got those numbers. So, then, but we'll talk about what Warner wants to do for next year in a bit. Yeah, we'll get there. But first, here's the rest of your top five. Number two, Halloween Kills with another $14.5 million. That's at $73 million domestic so far. Almost killing it at the box office. Okay. Yeah, killing it. I see what you did there. Number three, No Time to Die made another $12.2 million. Respectable $120 domestic so far. Venom, Let There Be Carnage is your number four. $9.3 million, adding to its $182 million total. Five, Ron's Gone Wrong with another $7.3 million debut. That is a bomb. And it will not recoup its costs. So should that be Ron's Gone Bomb? I believe that I saw someone make that exact joke. Oh, dang it. So well done. <laughs> well uh, done. So yeah, no. Uh, I don't think anybody knew this existed. Uh, I think the only place this was advertised was if you're watching children's programming on Disney Channel. Which, of course, I do. Which I do on Saturday morning, <laughs> so I did. Uh, so yeah, uh, this was... Nowhere. No one knew that this movie was. Um, if you went to the movie theater to watch uh, Shang-Chi, yeah. this trailer, trailer did play before it. And yeah, that might have been your only exposure to this film. Yeah. So they kind of botched the marketing. I think that really hurt its performance. I think that a, bo- a family movie right now should do better than this, but it didn't. Well, it is a family robot movie, which we'll talk about a different family robot movie in we'll a bit get here. There. We'll get there. First up, though... Upcoming releases this weekend. Just a couple of Halloween-y movies for you. And they're not Halloween movies, really. Surprisingly No, but they're by two great directors. Yes. First up, Last Night in Soho, which is the new Edgar Wright film. Yes, it is. It's its wide release this week. I believe it had limited previous weekends. Um, So, yeah, if you want to see the new Edgar Wright, only available in theaters. It's only theaters right now. Um, So that's out. And then what is Antlers, our second release? Horror film by, ah, uh, I think Halloween, it's producer, I think it's produced by Guillermo del Toro and uh-huh. not directed by him. Okay. So, uh-huh. 
Let me guess, somebody grows grotesque antlers out of their head? Oh, how did you know? I mean, you name a horror movie <laughs> antlers, and there's kind of only one thing that could happen. It's kind of like that movie Teeth. It's like, you know where those teeth are. <laughs> you just know. It's not where teeth go, usually. Yeah, I mean, and when you don't go to a dentist in the whole film, you know where the teeth are. Where the teeth are. <laughs> All right. Those are your new releases. Um, let's move into movie news. First story, as you mentioned, as you alluded to, was it's about Warner Brothers and their plans for the next year. As the studio greenlights a Dune sequel, Dune Part 2, which is confirmed for a 2023 release. Which they did after Dune came out in order to um, kind of hide that marketing. That yes. it's a part one and not right. a two-parter. Yeah. But from what, from what I've understood, is only it does tell the story of half the first book. Correct. So there was... Assumed that there would be a second film. Well, yeah, you had to get through the end of the first film. It's not like you're going into yeah. it knowing there's going to be a sequel. Right, yeah. Like an Avengers style where you know there's going to yeah. be a sequel. Like we talked about last week. It's like they're building this to be a franchise if yes. they can make it. Uh, but yeah, CEO Ann Sarnoff says there will be no more day and date releases on HBO Max. And I cry in my yeah. corner. Sorry, guys. And uh, confirmed that it will keep the 45-day theatrical window for all its upcoming titles. Quote, and the ones we are putting in theaters are the ones we think will work. It's not just about budget size. It's also about genre and the behavioral patterns of people, Sarnoff says. I would love to put dramas and comedies on the biggest screen possible. It's just right now they are opening. Honestly, they weren't opening. Oh, doing well, I guess is yeah. what she means. It's freaking Hollywood speak. Hollywood speak. Um, Honestly, they weren't opening pre-COVID either. So basically she's saying even before the pandemic, they weren't having the performance that they wanted uh, in the ways that they wanted. So they're only they're going to be more strategic going forward with their theatrical releases. So gone, this is end quote, she's done talking for now. Gone from next year's calendar are small and mid-range films for Warner Brothers. Instead, it's tentpole movies all the way down, baby. Beaming with Matt Reeves is The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson. Pattinson wow. Robert uh, Pattinson. Pattinson, if you wish, um, which comes out on March 4th. Three other live-action DC superhero films will follow, including Black Adam on July 29th. With um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yep. The Flash on November 4th. Which may or may not fix the DC universe. Maybe. And Aquaman 2 on December 16th. With... Favorite Jason Mimosas. He's Jason Mimosas, delicious, bottomless, from what I understand. Yes, he is. Um, Especially in Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> Other 2022 event films from Warner's include Fantastic Beasts: colon, The Secrets of Dumbledore, which is out the on April 15th. Third film in that yes. franchise. Boz Lerman's musical biographical drama Elvis on June 3rd. Yeah, thank you very much. And, and <laughs> Salem's Lot on September 9th. Uh, and boom. Based on the Stephen King. Basically, yes. known properties. Yes. Known IPs. And this is where our old media vote slogan, it's a business, comes into mind. And yep. I say that because this is super depressing if you like movies. Right. Because looking at this, it's like, okay, so it's just franchise films and adaptations down all the way down. This mm -hmm. sucks. Because where's the original content? Where's the original comedies? Where's the original dramas? Where's the art house stuff? Warner is bailing on stuff that I think the people who love good movies want to see the most. 
It's disappointing. It's disappointing, but this is what COVID was gonna do. And it was already something, a pattern that was showing pre-COVID. And it's just gonna get worse from here on out. This may also be, I mean, aside from the debacle that was Tenet, the reason why Christopher Nolan left Warner Brothers. Maybe Because mm-hmm. he was not going to direct a tent pole film. They weren't going to let him. They, they weren't going to let him. They were probably going to be like, we'll, do, we'll work with you, but it's HBO Max for you, buddy. And he was like, um, no, I like big screens. You know that about yeah, me. Yeah, he cannot lie about that. I'm going to take my, my IMAX cameras and leave. Go across the lot yeah. to, to Universal. To Universal, where they actually like this stuff. I'm going to go over there. Yeah, this is going to kick out a lot of potential talent. It's going to make a lot of directors unhappy because they're basically drawing a line in the sand and being like, this is the movies that matter. These are the movies that we don't like anymore. Well, it's, it's not so much a line in the sand, but mm-hmm. rather a tent pole in their column. <laughs> yeah, like a giant tent that they've set up, barring everybody from entry. Yeah, it's disappointing. It sucks. Um, and I hope that Warner, I hope these movies do terribly. And so Warner just goes, throws up their hands at the end of 2022 and is like, we don't know what works anymore. We give up. Yes. Lest we look at the blueprint that Warner Brothers is using, which was Disney's from like two yes. years ago, yes. where all they did was franchise known quantity films. Yes, but that pisses me off about Disney too. It's not like I'm like being like Oh no, 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 marketing. we're not giving a Disney a pass here. We're oh, just yeah, saying no. it's exactly what they're they what are, they're copying. They are looking at Disney and being like, we want to do that. Yeah. That's what's happening here. And it sucks. But yeah. We'll leave it there for now. But yeah, it just it, it's unfortunate and I hope this doesn't catch on for all the studios. This means that we need to support more independent production studios like Annapurna, like A24, a couple of our favorite screen gems. Yeah, yeah. so we'll see what happens with that. But for now, it's not a good outlook for 2022 with Warner. And damn it, we can't watch movies in your robes anymore. This does mean that the last (laughs) film we are going to get will be the Christmas Day release of Matrix 4. Oh yeah, that's right. That will be the last HBO film. Or la- oh, last yeah. HBO Max. Warner Maybe. Brothers film Wait. coming to HBO Max. What about West Side Story? Is that them? That's next. Uh, that's that's uh, this year. That's this year. Yeah, that's Oh, November. is that Universal? Uh, I think that's Universal. I thought it was Warner for some reason, but you may be It seems right. Spielberg, so it's probably Universal. It seems to be where he usually does his, does his work. I don't know. I could be wrong. But that's the other, another big thing that's coming out by the end of the year. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, you're probably right. The, the last thing will be Matrix. All right, let's move on to our second story here. Some bits. We wrapped up some bits for you about animated movies in the future. That's exciting. First up, for all of you who listened to our podcast earlier in the year, we raved about Netflix's The Mitchells vs. The Machines. Well, we got news for you. If you haven't seen it yet, you can see it on the big screen this November, thanks to Sony releasing it theatrically. Starting November 20th, you'll be able to go to a theater and see it. Yep, or you know you can pay the thirteen dollars a month yes. to watch it on Netflix. Netflix. Um, yeah, uh, that's a recommend for me. If you have not seen it, I it's one of my favorite movies of the year. Go see that. Yep, may appear at the end of the year lists. Oh, it definitely will on mine. Well, you have limited <laughs> release, <laughs> limited catalog there. Movies, it's getting larger. Um, next up, the South Park movie, another South Park movie, I should say, is slated for a November twenty fifth release. Dot, 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 on Paramount Plus. So if yeah. you want to see... This was part of the deal that yes. South Park made for the $1 billion deal 
that their next several films will be Paramount Plus exclusives. Yes. This one will be South Park colon post-COVID. I think that's the title they're currently running with. Okay. And yeah, Paramount Plus exclusive only. It actually may be the thing that gets people to sign up for Paramount Plus. Maybe. I don't know. But if you're a South Park fan, that's exciting to look forward to that on Thanksgiving. Yep. Next up, new Paramount CEO has confirmed a Star Trek animated film is in the works. This goes uh, hand in hand with the animated efforts they've already made for the Star Trek franchise. Yep. First with uh, the... Below uh, Decks. Below Decks. And then most recently with... Um, a, not Prodigy. It's something with a P. No, that's Prodigy. Is it Prodigy? Yeah. Okay. It's Star Trek Prodigy. Which is the uh, CG one. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, it makes sense. They already have have kind of like laid the foundation for it. So, yeah. Animated Star yep. Trek film will totally work. Yep. Which... I mean, they are boldly going where they've already been here with <laughs> animated Star Trek. Exactly. And then uh, next, animated documentary Flea from Jonas Poer Rosmussen has won the Grand Jury Prize at the Fourth Animation at the Fourth Animation is Film Festival. Okay, the festival is named the Fourth. Wait, the Animation is Film Festival. Yes, the Fourth. Annual <laughs> animation is film festival. When you don't italicize, I don't know what the titles of things are. <laughs> so yeah, uh, congratulations to him. Yep, congratulations. This is a based off his life of an immigrant in mm. from Afghanistan to the U.S. Oh. So look forward to it at come Oscar season. Will do. And then lastly, uh, the big animation trailer this week was, of course, the first official trailer for Lightyear from Pixar, which, as we need to always remind you, it's not based on the toy. It's based on the astronaut that the toy was based on. Yes. Uh, I've seen no less than five or six different videos trying to fit Lightyear into the Pixar universe yeah, without pointing out that this is the film... <laughs> That created the toy, Buzz Lightyear. But it's, it, the joke is, is that who's the voice? Chris Evans. Yeah, Chris Evans. Chris Evans tweeted after they announced it. Yeah. That tweet is just the, one of the funniest <laughs> tweets. Still, it's like it's not based on the toy. It's based on the real person. The toy was based on. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, I don't know. It looked fine. I, mean, I don't care. It's it hard good. for me to care. Yeah, I mean, this is like the backdoor shoe in offshoot. Of the Toy Story franchise, seeing as they separated them at the end of Toy Story 4. It's so unnecessary. Who cares? I think it's more fun to just know that there's a like a universe with backstory. Also, also, there is already a backstory that exists. It's in that animated, animated Buzz cartoon. Lightyear show that they still won't put on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird that it doesn't make any sense why this exists. But, hey, maybe somebody will like it. It's like, do we really need a CG the right stuff? Right. Like, no, but we're getting it. Hey, we're getting it. Anyways. All right, that's it for the animation bits. Did we watch any movies this week? No? No, I don't think so. Um, Did I? No. I have not watched Dune yet. I'm going to probably do that tonight, so that is still on my to-do list. As for other movies, yeah, I can't think of anything. No, there is a documentary on uh, the January 6th riots on okay. HBO Max. Yes. I did watch. Mm. It didn't provide anything I didn't already know. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it does do interviews from uh, 
like people who are actually there, actual sure. like Trump supporters, yeah, QAnon yeah. people, um, Proud Boys. So you get kind of their perspective of how they thought was going on. Yeah. But I saw what was going on live. We all saw it. It It doesn't change my mind about anything. Okay. So it it doesn't do much in terms of actually, like, saying anything about it. It doesn't say anything new. New. Yeah. Okay. So So maybe it exists exists as, like, a historical document, I guess. Sure, sure, yeah. But outside of that, it's really unnecessary. Okay. Especially so soon. Yeah. Not that, that, like, I'm eagerly waiting for it. It's hey, just... but if you're looking for something that's truly scary on Halloween tomorrow, <laughs> it's the scariest thing I can think of. Let's move on. No, the scariest thing is signing up for Peacock <laughs> to watch Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> True. All right, let's move on uh, out of thoughts then and into television. We always start television with The Sports Corner. Da, 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 da. That one right there. First up in sports, of course, it's World Series time, everybody, and it's the Astros and the Braves, as uh, we imagined it would be. Uh, as of this recording, the Braves are up two to one. Yes, which does mean night. that they split a series, and it does mean we will get Game Five. Yes, at least, at least on Halloween Day. Yeah, it's just or it's, night, Halloween night. It's been really entertaining baseball. Uh, these all three games have been really good. Uh, yesterday's especially started super strong. Mm-hmm. Four four hitless innings for for Atlanta there, and then they took them and out. And then yeah, just immediately fell fell apart. But you know what? They still ended up winning. So congratulations to them. Houston's trying, but the bats aren't there. People are getting hit by pitches left and right. So we'll see. Needless to say, we are not. Pro Braves, but anti strokes Yeah, we just, again, it's one of those situations where I wish they both could lose, <laughs> but we can't. And it just annoys That's not me. how that happens. It annoys me when these, especially last night, now that they're in Atlanta, just, I really don't want to hear the freaking chop. I just don't want to hear it. I want to pretend it doesn't exist. Uh, one of my favorite tweets this year about baseball has been, uh, somebody was like, we should just replace the stupid thing that they sing during the chop. And ha- and just play Sandstorm and have everybody try to sing <laughs> sing the tune to Sandstorm. Uh, that'd be better. Be better, right? It's similar. It'd be better. Similar and better. Anyway, so yeah, that's the only thing that's been su- that sucks about this is you have Atlanta fans. Uh, but other than that, um, it's I been mean, fun baseball to watch. Yeah, Atlanta does play in an open door stadium, so yeah. last night's rainfall was a welcome surprise. Oh yeah, that kind of threw everybody off a little bit, I think. Yep. Also started the debate of can a World Series game get rained out? I mean, it didn't. But no, the answer is no. By no. the way, <laughs> turns out no. So yeah, we'll see how the rest of that series goes. Maybe, like we said before, maybe by next week we'll be able to crown a victor. Oh no, we will. We for will. Sure. Yeah, because sure. right. game five is on Sunday. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So by the time so, game seven happens, we will by next week have a championship. So okay, so we'll have a winner next week, but we'll already know who it is. <laughs> next up in sports, meanwhile in the NFL, Tom Brady threw his 600th touchdown pass, and by comparison, Matt Stafford threw his 300th. <laughs> so there you go. So he's halfway there to Tom Brady. Good oh. job. Good job. Yay. Living on a prayer. Halfway there. Halfway there. Yeah, congratulations, Tom Brady. Um, he threw the touchdown pass to Mike Evans, who immediately gave the ball away to a fan. 
Because yeah. he didn't realize that was a 600th ball. Yes. So some negotiations went on with said fan. Yeah. He ended up getting two signed jerseys and helmets hey, from Tom Brady. Cool. Um, also, he got a $1,000 gift card oh. to the Tampa Bay um, store. Gift card. Gift right, store. Yeah. yeah a store. <laughs> a pro store. And season tickets for the remaining of this year mm. and wow. next year as well. Holy shit. That's an amazing package. Yeah. But you realize that total package is about $5,000. Compared to the touchdown ball, which is about five hundred thousand uh, dollars. Oh, good point. Good point. Good point. And yeah, that ball's going straight to Canton, Ohio. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I bet it will. Um, and then also in football news, it's time for our newest favorite recruiting section in the sports corner. Well, no, we can end it now. Yeah, we can end now. <laughs> this will be the last edition of it, which is which is Rick undefeated watch. watch. Undefeated watch. Well. Undefeated watch is over because the Arizona Cardinals. Well, lost. last week the Cardinals won. <laughs> right. But this, this week, week the Cardinals lost. And I'm not predicting them to lose. If they already played. If they played on Thursday. They played on Thursday. Against Green Bay. And, and lost. Which, as you put here, the 72 Dolphins popped some champagne that yeah, night. Yeah, they did. They still are the only are the undefeated, only undefeated team. team. Yep. To win a Super Bowl. Yes. Sure. Lest we forget the. Um, I know. The Patriots and yes. the Giants. Yes. So yeah, sucks uh, eh, for Arizona, but whatever. The season will go on. Now the season can continue without some record hanging over it. Yeah, fine. Unless you're Detroit Lions, who are still in search of their first win. Yeah, <laughs> that's which a uh, they're going to get this don't week. Want. They're, they're going to get it this weekend. I have a feeling they're going to get it. Do you think? Do you think? They've been close. They've been good we'll games. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, let's move on. Anything else in sports you want to talk about? Um. No, it's actually been a light sports week, especially yeah. as um, baseball kind of takes over everything and wraps everything up. Yeah, no big news has come out of the, the hockey or the base, uh, basketball seasons quite yet, so we're just um, kind of waiting. Players are getting injured. There is one big story in hockey that okay. I don't have on here because it's an investigation that happened over the course of so three or four years. Wait until it gets resolved. Yeah, I think you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. The one from the Blackhawks. Yeah, we might want to wait. Yeah, I'm going to wait on that because yeah. information is slowly trickling yes. out, yes. especially as the Blackhawks organization mm-hmm. and members from the team um, talk about it. Yeah, but I have seen headlines about this. So that's... Yeah, so we'll, talk about we'll probably talk about it next week. I'm yeah. keeping an eye on it. Depending on how things happen. Depending on how things happen and if consequences come. Because right now it's just, here's the story. Yeah. Now it's a wait and see. Also a wait and see, IATSE. Uh, We're still waiting on seeing on that. We didn't cover that this week. That's why. But what we will do is we'll move on here and talk about what we do have in television news this week. First up, hey, remember Be Positive? Yeah. I said I didn't really like that show because it would end after one season. Well, uh, it's not ending, but something is happening to it. Be Positive is going into a whole new direction, complete with a revamped opening title sequence that puts Annalie Ashford's Gina Dabrowski front and center. Season 2's third episode, the official start to what executive producer Chuck Lorre refers to as Chapter 2 of the CBS comedy, revolves around Gina's first day as the new owner of the Valley Hills Retirement Home. Note, it's not Hill Valley. Valley Hills. Yes. Different. Quote, We're really turning this ship around. Or, as I like to say, fixing a helicopter while it's flying, Lori says of the series soft reboot in a uh, title card at the end of the the (laughs) series, because that's what he always does now. Uh, 
It's going to require more than three episodes to really dig into all of these relationships and characters. With the invention of an entire new ensemble surrounding Annalise's character in the assisted living facility, that had to be the focus of episode three in the next several episodes to give the audience a chance to meet and hopefully care for these people. I'm a big believer that if you don't care for characters in a comedy, it's not funny. I mean, Which is funny because right. that's kind of what the pilot of Be Positive was. You yeah. tried to make you care for the characters, which <laughs> I didn't. Right. Um, this also means that it puts Thomas Middleditch's character really to the sideline and possibly yeah. off the series in uh-huh. a season in a couple episodes. And yeah, and so this is not super out of the ordinary. This retooled sitcoms are have happened and exist throughout the history of television sitcoms. But what is notable about this is after one season, they're already going in there with the, with the tools to fix it. It's right. fast. It's a fast turnaround. Also, it's notable that it's changing leads too. Yes. From it's also Thomas Middleditch to Annalie Ashford. So yeah, I mean, I guess what, I'll, what this gives an opportunity for people to do, people like you, for instance, people who've tried it, didn't care for it, gives it a new start, maybe a new vibe, and maybe it gives you a chance to check it out again and see if it's changed. I actually might uh, go back and start from season two. Okay, well, so... Because I didn't like that premise from season one. Yeah, you'll have to check it out and let us know if it's any better, but in the meantime, we'll just have to wait for yeah. it. Um, also on my to-watch list, mm-hmm. I think it's also from Chuck Lorre, uh, the show Ghost, also on yes, CBS. Yes. I've been hearing some good buzz about it, okay. or reading some good buzz. So it was on my watch list after the, not Super Bowl, what was the last thing they had? I don't know, uh, a promo. Oh, um, Grammys. Last, uh, the, the Emmys? Grammys. Uh, no, because CBS, CBS didn't have, didn't have the Emmys. CMAs? <laughs> okay. I don't know. Something I watched on CBS. Something. That said, hey, this yeah, thing this is, is coming. Yeah. I was like, oh, that seems interesting. I might check that out. And then I completely forgot about it. <laughs> but apparently other people haven't. So, yeah, I might check that out. We'll see. All right. Let's move on to our second story here. Also in TV development. Yes. Hey, remember National Treasure? Yes. The map on the back of the Declaration yeah, of Independence. Yeah, you had to steal the direct Declaration because he's going to have sex with the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, hey, we haven't seen that franchise in a while. What's happened to it? There's supposed to be a third one coming up. Well, what is happening, though? Emerging young actress Lizette Alexis, previously in Total Eclipse, has landed the lead in Disney Plus's National Treasure TV series. Bum, bum, bum. The project, executive produced by the film's producer Jerry Bruckheimer, yes, that Jerry Bruckheimer, yep. director John Turtletaub, and writers Marianne and Cormac Wibberly, is an expansion of the National Treasure movie franchise, told from the point of view of a young heroine, Alexis, a dreamer in search of answers about her family, who embarks on the adventure of a lifetime to uncover the truth about the past and save a lost Pan American treasure. Over the course of the show, Jess will uncover her own buried history, as well as the truth about her parents and her connection to a long-lost treasure. Wait, I just read that. Yeah. Sorry, I just repeated myself. <laughs> <laughs> I just went around in a circle. It did. Anyway, the show will follow the footsteps of other Disney movies turned series like Turner and Hooch and the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Yeah. I think it's because they both, both of those sentences started with the show, and so I... Yeah. Anyways. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. National Treasure, the TV series. Hey, Disney yeah. Plus. Not a bad idea. 
Um, I did enjoy Turning Hooch. I did enjoy buying decks the Game Changers. So maybe another thing I'm going to enjoy. Yeah. They've been doing pretty good with these um, um, films turned adaptations. Yeah, so far. I'll have to tell Christy. She loves National Treasure. So um, that'll be neat when that comes out. Yep. Um, They are kind of tossing the torch. Passing the torch down? Yeah, don't toss the torch. You're no. going to burn something down if you do. Well, because I was trying to make like a, a Statue of Liberty torch joke there, but uh, it kind of like got jumbled in my head. I was like, yeah. I'll just scrap it. That's yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, neat. Neat idea. Yeah, so look forward to that. Um, I assume summer of next year. All right, let's move into thoughts. You have a couple of thoughts. Some oh, yes, Netflix thoughts. Yes, both of these are on Netflix. All right, what have you been checking out on the old flicks? So... If you are in a Halloween mood, and you're a WWE fan, okay, uh, especially that of The Undertaker, Ooh. fan favorite, The Undertaker, yes. do I have a show, no, an experience Ooh, for you experience. called Escape The Undertaker, Okay, where Kofi Kingston, yes. Big E, yes. And Xavier Woods. Who I believe are collectively known as The New Day. The New Day! <laughs> My limited wrestling knowledge. Yes. Yes, anyway. Uh, they are invited to The Undertaker's Mansion. And it is a choose-your-own-adventure <laughs> where you follow them through the mansion and <laughs> uncover the secrets of The Undertaker. The Undertaker. Okay. It's a fun, quick um, romp through WWE. Uh, following um, the New Day as they take on The Undertaker. Um, I had some fun with it, but it's also extremely short. Yeah. Um, I didn't have to basically go back and like hit a dead end. Mm -hmm. I just kind of knew what to do. Yeah. Which is both good and really, really bad from a story perspective, where <laughs> if you're never going to hit a dead end... Just tell it as a film and not yeah. as a choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah. You would think, but... But, yeah. Um, the New Day brings the power of positivity mm -hmm. into the Undertaker's um, domain as they try and uncover his urn, mm -hmm. famously carried by his long, uh, the Undertaker's longtime assistant, Paul Bearer. <laughs> I get it. Because that houses the power... Of the Undertaker, and if you combine the power of the Undertaker with the power of positivity, combined, they can be unstoppable. Damn. Okay. You should get into wrestling promotion. <laughs> Thank you. This is my wrestling promotion. Yeah, you, have, you, have a, you have a knack for it. I've been watching a lot during um, for I the can, quarantine. I can tell. It was the only th like sports-related entertainment I could get my hands on. <laughs> so closest thing. Closest thing. So I, I still head into it for like a whole year. I just played the show. So, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> same thing. Is that That's how you got like go head into the baseball. I'm yeah. just head into WWE with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, it's fun. It's quick. Um, nothing too scary. It's also WWE acting, which is hit and miss at right. various times. It's what you think it is. It's exactly you what you what think you it is. Yep, the New Day versus the Undertaker. Um, this also follows Undertaker's kind of new role within the WWE, mm -hmm. which is not live wrestling, but these taped matches. Okay. Um, because he did this in 2020 
for WrestleMania mm-hmm. called the Graveyard Match with mm-hmm. AJ Styles uh-huh. and provided one of the greatest quotes that we say in this household, uh-huh. which is, you wanted this, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> As the Undertaker continuously beats AJ Styles oh, and puts no. him in the grave, well, but it's a fun. It's yeah. a wrestling. It's wrestling. wrestling. It's, it's what you know what you want. Vibes. The new day. If you're a fan of any of those things, hey, check it out. Yep. Cool. All yeah. right. Uh, but there's also a second thing I watched on Netflix, which when I saw it, I realized I had the moment of, oh shit, did I forget that this was on? Like, yeah. had this been on and I had just not been watching Netflix for the past month? Maybe. No, I just happened to, like, have this premonition of I should watch something on Netflix. Uh-huh. Which is why I watched Escape the Undertaker, because yeah. it's something quick and easy. Mm-hmm. But then I also saw the ad for Lock and Key, yeah. Season 2. The thing I talked about last year that yeah. I really, really liked. Yeah. Because it was uh, about the house with all the keys and the magic. Yeah. Kind of the young adept, young. Young adult. Yeah, I believe it's an adaptation of a young adult book series. Yeah. And I was I liked season one. I thought it was like the good the right twist of fantastical elements with like growing up and new schools and yeah. high school shen- shenanigans. With a good twist at the end. Okay. Season two. Apparently they completely forgot everything that happened in season one <laughs> and just used these magical keys willy nilly all oh, over the place. No. It's it's part of like, oh, we we no longer fear the use of these keys. Right. It's we're trading them back and forth with everybody. We have the power. We know what we're doing here. Now, is the plot or is the arc of this season about the abuse of this power? No. Okay. Which is a big miss. Yeah, that's a miss. Instead, it's a trying to create a new key from the villain's perspective Uh and how these keys get created, which I feel could have been summed up in one or two episodes. Yeah. But instead, they take a whole season to morph how keys are created. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, the one thing I don't like doing in yeah. TV. Yeah. Relying on ye old history to retcon shit. <sighs> yeah. So, guess how far back this one goes. Oh, jeez. Well, they have literally access to anything. So I'm just going to toss out, I don't know, the 16th century. Revolutionary War. Oh, that's close. Close enough. <laughs> jeez. The door for the magical key portal was discovered back in revolutionary times. Of course it was. Because of course it was. Of course it was. And like, it kind of explores subtly how they created the keys back then and what was needed. So that mm-hmm. way you know that there's precedent in today's time of how to create the keys. Not like it was like passed down from Yeon lore. <laughs> what do we call it? The... It's called tribal knowledge, where it's all spoken word and not written down. Mm -hmm. Tribal knowledge. Um, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. As like with like, you have magic keys everywhere, and that's the one thing I don't buy. Yeah, you kind of missed the mark there. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it. Well, Uh, that's disappointing. Yeah. Uh, There's also, I think, a total of three or four new keys introduced. Throughout mm-hmm. this, this season. Okay. Whereas the the first one, it was, oh, new episode, new key. New episode, new key. 
I thought they would kind of like continue to do that, but mm. I guess it's less exploring the house now and more when the keys are needed yeah. in order to move the plot along nice. with season two. That, hey, we just found a new key. Here we go. So, so a little disappointing compared to the first season. It's doing a little fast and loose with the rules, seems. Oh, yeah. So it's just not as structured as it used to be. And I'm going, I may just end up skipping season three altogether. Mm-hmm. Well, not, not not based on the effort that was season two. Yeah. Based on where they left season two and transitioned into like mm-hmm. the last 10 minutes. So they set up season three. Right. It's not enough of a hook for it. Oh, no. I'm going to spoil this because yeah, it is like ahead. the dumbest thing ever. Okay. I'm ready. So this is your warning. Skip about like two minutes if you don't want to hear the spoilers. Otherwise... Right. Spoiler for Lock and Key Season 2. Spoiler for the ending Season 2. Yeah. Remember how I said it started with the Revolutionary War? Yes. Well, <laughs> the person, the um, the red coat, sure. who found the secret doorway to this portal, got infected with the demon from the portal. Oh, there's demons in portals? Okay. Yeah. It's how, it's how you become, like, a demon portal person. <laughs> exactly. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. So, the red coat gets summoned from uh-huh. uh, 1776 uh-huh. to modern-day 2021 uh, via an echo portal. Yeah. Immediately kills the person who summoned him. Oh. And is now the new villain. So, going into season three. Are they dealing with the fact that this man from the Revolutionary War times has no idea what the hell anything is anymore because it's the future? Well, that's what season three will probably be. I guess so. That <laughs> I guess we'll it's like find... a disaster. Yes. <laughs> that's real stupid. You're right. Real uh, stupid. Also, like, he's skipping 200 years, 230, 50, 250 years almost, mm-hmm. of history just to still be, like, pine after these... Well, shit, no, because... In the show, he doesn't even know that the keys exist. He's just from revolutionary times. Mm-hmm. So, unless, like, the demon in him knows of the keys, his existence is literally futile. Because at the time when he was, like, existed, the keys themselves did not exist. Mm-hmm. The Locke house did not exist. The Locke family did not really exist. Okay. So... I don't know where they're going with it. That's weird. That's weird. I mean, maybe the people who have read the books may already know well, about this. Well, it's a comic book. Yeah, it's a comic so book. So, graphic novel. Maybe whatever. they already know. This is, maybe this has been the way it always has been. I don't, I don't know, but it's just a super hard left yeah. turn at Albuquerque to <laughs> the middle of nowhere. It sounds like a weird move. You're right. Especially coming off of season one where it was, oh, the villain really didn't die. Which mm-hmm. was like, oh. Okay, yeah, makes sense. But then you literally wrap up all those ends and kind of need to introduce a new person to keep it going. Like, there's still an existential threat. Nothing going on. Yeah. Nothing going on. Well, that's disappointing. It it might have lost me there. Okay, sounds like it. That being said, I'll probably binge-watch season three in, like, a day. (laughs) Assuming it keeps my interest, because... Because what else do we do in this life? Yeah, because what else? Speaking of what else, though, I just remembered I did actually watch something new on Netflix okay. I totally forgot about because it made that little of an impact on me. What do we got? I tried out the new animated Netflix show Inside Job. 
Oh. Yes, I watched the I pilot for this. Yes. Okay, so um, funny enough, after Lock and Key, that was the that promo was the that played. I'm not surprised because just like Lock and Key, there's also some stuff going on in Inside Job about secrets and and possible like possible controversies, conspiracies. Well, isn't that like the whole premise that yes. they work yes. at a conspiracy? Get to just now. You can say, but the thing about Inside Job is that it's all true. Basically, no. the premise of this show is is that all the conspiracy theories about the government being a puppet organization, New World Order, and ruled by aliens and robes and transforming lizard people senators, turns out it's all real and it's run by one company. And the lead character here, her name is Reagan. She is the daughter of one of the original uh, like bosses of this company. But the boss went crazy, and so she has taken his place in the company at about... We're, I'm estimating her age about like late 20s, early 30s. Okay. So she, unfortunately, is just as weird and, and, and wacky and um, kind of maniacal as her father. And so the story is more or less about her growing into the role and kind of dealing with uh, mistreatment from upper management, also managing trying to keep all the conspiracy stuff on the low. That's basically the premise. Um, so this comes from Shion Takauchi, who is, a, who is an artist who used to work on um, Gravity Falls, and, of course, producer Alex Hirsch, the creator of Gravity Falls. So, to me, it exists in this exact middle, thematically and tonally, between Gravity Falls on this end and Rick and Morty on this end. Bear with me for a second. Well, it's weird you say that because yeah. aren't Rick and Morty and Gravity Falls supposed to somehow connect? Eh, some people. There, there's a theory. There's a theory. It's not been supported by Hirsch. An inside job. Hirsch <laughs> did work. Hirsch does have history working with Roy, Justin Roiland. Yes. Um, so it does make sense that they would reference each other every mm -hmm. once in a while. So yeah, they expand, the, that expanded universe expands again here because there does seem to be a link between the tone of the humor in Rick and Morty and the tone of humor in Gravity Falls. And this is that missing link that links the two of them. So here's where... So that all sounds great, right? Like that pitch sounds like it would be pretty quality. It's, it's quality... It's, two shows that yeah, I really enjoy. I really enjoy quality stuff. It, the animation is real impressive for a Netflix show, even if I don't necessarily love the character designs here. Mm -hmm. Look-wise, it also seems to be a kind of even divide between the two. It airs a little closer to the Rick and Morty human designs, but it's not as grotesque. It's a little nicer, a little more rounded edges. But still, there's something weird about the way the characters look in this that I don't love. However, backgrounds are great. There's a lot of great background work and artistry going into the sets here. Um, and overall, it looks all right. But I don't love the tone of it. I don't okay. love the humor of it. It seems like because it's kind of breaking even between those two kind of a very adult and kind of more mysterious sensibilities, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like it belongs to either. And it ends up feeling kind of middling for me. I did not really love this pilot. I don't think the characters are that likable. Reagan is very acerbic uh, protagonist. She kind of, her whole character is that she kind of rubs people the wrong way and is very, like, domineering. Not great when you're trying to be endeared to your lead character. Doesn't do a good job of that immediately. Um, also, the way it kind of just dives into this premise of, like, all, all this shit 
is real, all these conspiracy theories is real, to me feels a little odd in the year of our Lord 2021 mm -hmm. in which conspiracy theories have led to a lot of real rough shit coming from the far right and have led to stuff like QAnon and have led to some... So I get where it's coming from. It seems like a concept that may be older uh, and maybe that they that this person's... Maybe Shion has been working on this for a while because she definitely feels like she's like into the conspiracy theory stuff, but on a very surface level because funny level. Right. Kind of the way we dealt with conspiracy theories in like the 2000s, the 2010s, when it was like, oh X -Files. yeah, it's really funny. Yeah, with like stuff like the X-Files, where it was really funny to be like, hey, yeah, jet fuel can't melt steel beams, stuff like that, you know, where it was jokes. It was just punchlines. Now those punchlines have a little bit of bite to it because you know somebody out there actually believes this shit yeah. because the internet has blown it all wide open. That being said, there are some genuinely laugh-out-loud gags here. The comedy writing is good in moments. It's, and some of them are about the conspiracy theory stuff. There's even a jet fuel can't milk steel beam joke specifically that I laughed out loud about mm -hmm. because it's really well-timed and pretty good. So I guess what I'll say is I think it's quality. I think that there's some good work being done on this show. And I think that if you get invested in kind of the cliffhanger at the end of this first episode and you want to know what happens, there's enough of a, of a plot thread going, for, like a momentum going through that maybe some people will be like, all right, well, I have, I have to watch the rest of this. It's a little long for an animated show, or at least it felt that way. I don't think it's 22. Uh, I think it's longer. Again, or it just felt like that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very adult, just to note, uh, even though Alex Hirsch, you know, created Gravity Falls, this is a very adult show, so kids, no, no go on kids for this. Um, but yeah, um, I just didn't love it. I just was oh, going into it excited about it, given the creative talent behind it. But it's a very well done thing. So I would say try it out, see if it's more your vibe, because... You act, you actually have more tolerance for Rick and Morty than I do at this yes. age, at, at this point. And so if you might actually glom onto it more than I did. Um, I don't know. It's like the trailer they showed like didn't glom onto me. So yeah. Which is why like after I like I said okay. it, like they showed me the trailer right after I finished Locking Key. So I was like, watch the pilot. Uh, watch the pilot. Maybe. Give it a try because like I said, there are moments where I was like, all right, that's pretty good. Okay. But just the whole feeling of it was not something I want to spend more time. Is I think ultimately what I, what I came to a conclusion about. All right, it is what it is. But I think I think it'll find its audience, and I think it'll be pretty good. But you only watched the pilot, though. I only watched the first episode. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, but yeah, that's pretty much all I watched. All right. Uh, so we need to move on. Uh, the winner of the pumpkin carving competition <laughs> that I watched. Yes. Was the guy who used the chainsaws? Of course it was. Because of course it was. It was Hell like yeah. all set up for him to win. Awesome. But it was like... You love to hear it. It was also like kind of a setup like, hey, you don't have to be like this specifically carving. You can use chainsaws and tools <laughs> and power tools. I saw a TikTok where somebody was using a power washer yeah. to carve a pumpkin. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah, there you go. All right, let's move on to cancellations and renewals then. All right, what am I no longer watching? On AMC, you'll be no longer watching Happy Valley as it's going to be canceled after its third season. Mm -hmm. HBO is bringing back Succession for another season for its fourth super shocked about that now. I know, right? We saw that coming. We saw that coming. And Netflix is bringing back Elite for a sixth season. We have one more, one death to get through this week. James Michael Tyler, three first names. 
Age 59, actor, worked on Friends and Motel Blue, among other shows. You know who this is? No, I don't. He is Gunther from Friends. Oh, no, okay. Yes, remember right. a couple of weeks ago we said that he had prostate cancer? Oh, I guess. Oh, that's sad. Yep. Um, Time King. Uh, well, that's uh, our condolences to the family then. That's a rough one. Yes. All right, let's move on. And I'll toss this over to you. Time to do our second half of the show, starting with music. And we always start music with the billboard. And we start the billboard with the Hot 100. Pick up that phone. Yeah, we called it. We called it. I mean, uh, it was the easiest call <laughs> of the century. Well, yeah. <laughs> Easier than dialing right down the center. Yeah. Oh, that's a whole 90s joke right there. <laughs> over everyone's head. Right. <laughs> um, Adele's easy on me. Uh, number one. On your hot 100. Now, we can see how long it's... It's the longest your stupid collect call joke. <laughs> no one will get that. And yet you did. did. Sometimes it's just for us. Sometimes it's just for us. Anyway, sorry, yes. Easy on me, Adele. You're number one single. We'll Duh. see how long it stays on. I finally heard one. it. Yeah? It's fine. I don't know. It's weird. It just made no impact on me whatsoever. I was just like, this is an Adele song. It's literally the only thought that was going through my head. It's like, this isn't an Adele song. It sounds like Adele. I don't love the chorus of it. I think it, I just don't think it's that great. I don't know. It's fine. It, it's going to be fun when the album comes out. It's the weakest song on the album. Oh, yeah. I bet it will be, actually. Because, yeah, it just did nothing for me. All right. At two, stay by the kid Leroy and Justin Bieber dropping down one spot. Stays in the top five. It stays in the top five, but drops down from the yes. one spot. At three, Industry Baby by Lil Nas X mm. and Jack Harlow. At number four, Fancy Like by yes. Applebee's. And <laughs> rounding out your top five, Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran. Yep. Um, speaking of Ed Sheeran, we'll get to know a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, as for your Billboard 200, your album's chart, Punk by Young Thug is your number one album this week. Dethroning. Dethroning CLB by Drake. <laughs> Certified lover boy. Yes. At three, Faces by Mac Miller. Four, Music of the Spears yeah. by Coldplay. And rounding out your top five, <laughs> Coming Back from the Dead. <laughs> let It Be yes. by The Beatles. Yes, that Let It Be. So, if you're wondering why this is here, well, two, two notes about this top five. One, real quick, obviously, Faces by Mac Miller, a posthumous release. Yes. Number five, uh, and, and a note about Let It Be. So, the reason why this is shot back up is it's in preparation for both the really re-release, recently remastered re-release of Let It Be, which, of course, coincides with the Disney Plus, Plus series, series that will interpolate uh, new and old footage of the recording sessions of the album Let It Be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you're wondering why Let It Be is in the top five, that's why. I believe that uh, film by Peter Jackson comes out, is it next week or yeah, next week? I think month? it's the end of this week. I could be wrong. Yeah, I didn't, well, I didn't see it on Disney Plus this week, so it might yeah, be next week. Friday, coming Friday. Yeah, so we'll probably talk about that yeah, maybe. next Friday, or next Saturday, whenever we record. Whenever we record. Whenever we record. Speaking of whenever we record, we have new releases. Yes. Uh, we have I Don't Live Here Anymore by The War on Drugs. Yes. Which is both accurate (laughs) (laughs) and terrifying. Oh, no. Uh, Hushed and Grim by Mastodon. 
Ocean to Ocean by Tori Amos. Mm-hmm. Lily, We Need to Talk Now <laughs> by Lily Konigsberg. The Million Things That Never Happened <laughs> by Billy Bragg. The Path of the Clouds by Marissa Nadler. And your number one album next week. <laughs> yeah. Well, in two weeks, actually. By Ed Sheeran. He means equals. Equal sign. An equal sign. Equal sign. By Ed Sheeran. Equals. Yeah. Um, going along with his math albums, plus, <laughs> minus, x, multiply, yeah. x, and divide. Add, subtract, multiply, and now, and divide, and now equals. Yes. <laughs> Which means his next album's going to be parentheses <laughs> or exponents. <laughs> I think we made this joke last week, too, but yes, he's going he's gonna to run out of these symbols soon. Yes. I want ampersand. Does that count? Oh, shit, that reminds me. Oh, shit, what? <laughs> I gotta put that on here. Thank you for my about ampersand. <laughs> oh, no, I forgot about ampersand. Oh, no, ampersand. There is an ampersand. Yes, we'll talk about ampersand in a little bit Jesus here. guys. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Oh, it's gonna be fun writing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we have, um, yeah, so Ed Sheeran's new album comes out. You can go listen to it right now. Well, after the podcast. But yeah, yeah, Equals is out right now, and I'll have my thoughts on about that in a hot second here. Cool. But first, we have to get through some music news. Yeah, light week, but a couple, couple semi-interesting things. Yes. Well, we've been doing this podcast for about 300 <laughs> weekly shows. If we keep doing this for another 10 years, <laughs> we'll be nowhere near the Grand Ole oh. Opry yes. as it celebrates its five thousandth weekly show yes. this weekend with a generation spanning showcase yeah the october 30th lineup will span generations with performers who made their first impact in the 1960s like bill anderson Jeannie seeley and connie smith the 70s with the gate the gatlin brothers even some 80s act like vince gill and garth brooks yes that Garth Brooks, and 90s with Trisha Yearwood and Terry Clark, and even some <laughs> 2000s artists yes. like Darius Rucker as a solo act. Yeah. Hootie. Yes, Hootie himself, <laughs> no blowfish. And Chris Young. Yes. Yes, that Chris Young. Me, my favorite Chris Young. Eh, favorites of being and we generous. Like okay. My, okay. <laughs> Household favorite, Chris Young. And Hey, because we're in a new decade, mm-hmm. 2010s, Chris Jansen? I don't know who that is. Oh, he sings that one country song that no one likes. I'll take your word for it. Anyways. Quote, it's not just generational, of course, either, says executive producer Dan Rogers. What really makes the opera tick is about giving people a little sample of as much as we can under the country umbrella. End quote. On the weekly show, perhaps more so than this superstar-filled special, it's a mix of musical styles. So you have Americana, some bluesgrass, some comedy, classic country, contemporary, (laughs) contemporary country, and western, all in one hopeful, tremendous show. So, yeah, I mean, it's cool. I mean, it's a long time to be on air. Oh, yes. Of course, this is not... This is not a total... That 5,000 number, one, is for televised performances. Yes. 
for, on a weekly basis and doesn't is not the actual grand total of performances of the Grand Ole Opry because that's a much bigger number. Right, this so, is weekly shows. But it just goes to show you the staying power that this program has had. I mean, country stars have been born, like, like born on this stage. Like, names have been made in the country universe mm-hmm. by performances on the Grand Ole Opry. It's a tradition. It's a staple genre. And it's cool to see it keep going and into so, so many shows and touch so many generations and uh, generations of people and being able to be handed down family to family like that. It's pretty cool. You know, when we hit 5,000 weekly shows, I hope someone says the exact same thing about us. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, the tradition of the Media Pro podcast. Yeah. yeah no. Someday. 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 It's like no one appreciated them in their first five years, but... Man, when that sixth one kept going, like, you clicked, and all of a sudden... Yeah. Once they hit that decade mark, and they're still a thousand <laughs> shows shy. And there's still no one watching it, but they still <laughs> kept doing it. Anyway. And so they beat on, boats against the current, <laughs> born ceaselessly into the past. Yeah, I mean, you thought the media boat thing was a random-ass name, but no, we knew. All media. Anyway. Anyway. It's one of the actual big music story of the week. Okay, so... Even though I say big in quotes, because this isn't even that big of a deal. No, because, I mean, the big news is, of course, Grand Ole Opry. Yeah. 5,000 <laughs> weekly shows. Sure. But, like, big news, incorporating yeah. all music genres, is, of course, the AMAs. American Music Awards. Well, nominations were here. And, such to no one's surprise, yeah. Olivia Rodrigo and The Weeknd yeah. lead the nominees. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, did you notice that? Uh, when Rami Malek uh, uh, was on SNL <laughs> for the second one, he did that motion yeah, with the gentleman. To. You have to. <laughs> As a joke to yeah. Daniel Craig, because he was also there ladies, in the audience. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. <laughs> Just the way you said it, it's so good. Anyway. Anyways, um, yeah. Um, Olivia Rodrigo leads with seven nominations and the weekend with six. Um, the show's producers, MRC Live and Alternative and ABC Today, said last week. Said last week. Bad Bunny, Doja Cat, and Gideon are close behind in nominations with five apiece. Olivia Rodrigo makes her AMA debut, scoring seven nominations, including Artist of the Year <laughs> and New Artist of yeah. the Year. <laughs> new and just new regular. and recurring. <laughs> A uh, five-time AMA winner, The Weeknd, earned six nominations, including Artist of the Year, as well as Favorite Music Video and Favorite Pop Song. Other Artist of the Year nominees include Typical Favorites, Ariana Grande, BTS, Drake, and Taylor Swift. I wouldn't be surprised if Olivia probably sweeps these. It seems like it's been her year. Uh, also, the AMA's... Notably, are a fan, fan. a lot of their fan voting uh, happens in this as opposed to the Grammys. So no secret cabal to steal things away from the weekend. No, so but... both of them I think will do well. I think Olivia though, this will be her night. I would not be surprised with those being the nominees and the artists of the year. I think Olivia takes this as much as I'd like Taylor to take this. It's just not gonna happen. It's also the AMAs, like you said. Yeah. It is the yeah fan voting. So, if the BTS army comes out in droves, who knows? We'll see. It could happen. But yeah, it does seem to be Olivia Rodrigo's year, especially Sour, basically, dominating the charts and dominating everyone's earworms. 
Gambit. Well, I bring up Earworm specifically because I've got some music thoughts. All right. So we have two albums that both have symbols in them. Yes. Um, we'll start. And not symbols. No. <laughs> and not symbols. Yeah, like Prince turning himself into a symbol. Yes, yeah, not. <laughs> yes, that kind of symbol. <laughs> Uh, we start with Equals by Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Uh, what an earworm this is. I mean, that's what his albums always have been. It's catchy, oh, yeah. catchy songs. Super catchy, super lovey, super poignant, and it's exactly what you think it is. Both good and bad, yeah. Coming, especially coming off Divide, which was basically everywhere, which came off yeah. of um, Multiply, which mm-hmm. was... Probably more everywhere than Divide. I don't want to say he's on a downslope here, but when you start at the top here, it's hard to go. It's hard to build a mountain higher than you already are. Now, are you already are you established as an Ed Sheeran person? Do you, you have you liked his music in the past? No, I like his singles. Okay, I'm, I'm not a huge album of Ed Sheeran fan, but when his beats come on, they're funky and they're earworm, <laughs> especially those 80 synths vibes, and he's got the range to do acoustic as well, and he's a good artist. I know. Glad we picked him up off the streets. Yeah. But it's it's exactly what you think it is. Both good and bad. If you like Ed Sheeran, it's more Ed Sheeran style. Right. It's hard for me to convince you to listen to this otherwise, because either you're I mean, this point, this is fifth, sixth album. So you're either on board with Ed Sheeran and his style, or you're like, please stop, Ed Sheeran. I don't need any more of you. <laughs> <laughs> please stop. Please. <laughs> um, okay. So it's a mileage for me here, is what's happening. Which, at this point, you already know what your mileage is with Ed Sheeran. Yeah. It's either more of what you like or not. I mean, he's found his niche. He's found his road. I'm not going to try and convince you otherwise. It's Ed Sheeran. <laughs> it's Ed Sheeran. It's all you're going to hear now. this. You're going to hear his songs on pop radio. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. Is it's unavoidable at this point. Yeah. That's, that's the other point. Like, you're eventually going to hear his songs. And you're going to be like, oh, yeah. That chorus was super catchy. Because, I mean, late newsflash here. <laughs> he writes good, <laughs> catchy, catchy hooks. True. His hooks are catchy. His choruses are gimmicky. They're, they're earworms in your ear for the next, like, two hours. Yeah. What else do you want me to say? It's Ed Sheeran, like, <laughs> not necessarily at his best, but he doesn't need to be at his best to convince you that you secretly like Ed Sheeran's music. I don't know if I could say that, but sure. Oh, you could put an Ed Sheeran song and be like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll <laughs> bob to this, I'll wave to this, it's, it's good. Hmm. Your mileage may vary. Let's leave it on that. (laughs) But you also listen to something that's been a little bit of a long time coming. Oh, yes. So, this album was supposed to arrive back in September. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it arrived... Then it got shipped at the very last day of September to say it shipped by September in order to meet their deadline and not be like sued by fans who literally bought this album... Like, back in March, yeah, saying that it'll ship to everyone by the end of September, like, in three months, so. Ampersand. Yes. Which, of course, is between... Heart and soul. Or heart, yeah, heart. You have heart, you have soul, now you have and. Yes. Or ampersand, as I call it. <laughs> because that's the, the symbol. It's a, it's a little and. 
So, okay, let's do a quick recap of how you felt about those two albums. Oh, uh, I loved Heart. It may be the best thing I've heard all year. I will definitely be talking about Heart at the end of the year here. I enjoyed Soul. I thought it was a very unique kind of rhythm, kind of very classic Eric Church country album. And so you kind of combine them together. Now, what I may end up doing is just throwing all this all together one into album. one album, yeah. Heart and Soul, at the end of the year. Because Ampersand, or And, let's call it And, <laughs> so you can call it Ampersand. You know, I, I don't want to call it Ampersand because it's a purple album, because it comes the red and the blue and the purple in the middle. <laughs> and it's like this great Funny. visual mix of piece of like art, artistry harmony. Yeah. Also, like the albums of his faces are like both facing each other. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's a short. It's not even the full album. It's an EP. Mm-hmm. There's like three songs on each side of this. It's also vinyl only, which is why it took so long for me to actually yeah. listen to this thing. But it's fun. All right. It's catchy. Um, I didn't really enjoy side A. But damn, side B was bangers. Okay. This is Eric Church doing his experimental stuff, his hard rock stuff. Cool. His stuff that may not be for every fan. But if you're a fan of Eric Church, one, you probably got this album because it was, you had to sign up for be part of the church choir to get the album. <laughs> the church choir. Yeah. I didn't know that's what, like, his fan club. Yeah, they're called the church choir. That's great. <laughs> I love it. Which means you're probably also going to his concert. Like, when he's in your town, because if you bought the album and yeah. you signed up for it, chances are you're a, you're a deep you're Eric Church fan. fan. Yeah. You're a super fan. You exceed that of just liking his music yeah. into the super fan stratosphere. <laughs> and, the, and It delivers on that. It delivers like. on that, yeah. Cool. So if you're, I mean, I, I'm sure give it five years when the new streaming service comes out. Or Eric Church is like, hey, you know, we're not really selling this anymore. Let's just put it out for everyone else to hear. Then you'll like get, or what I imagine that after he wins album of the year with this, <laughs> that he'll just release the super deluxe Church and Soul double album, which has heart the amp- or Heart and Soul Church yeah. and Soul, the Heart and Soul <laughs> deluxe double album, yeah, which has these on there considered bonus tracks, but we all know it's its own separate album. Well, when that happens, hey, more people will get to hear it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you know, you had a one, buy the vinyl, and then two, buy a record player to play the said vinyl. Right, <laughs> yes, if you don't already have one. But yeah, no, that's that sounds really cool. So I'm glad that Eric Church fans, uh, he delivered a good product this year, and it sounds like it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah it's real good stuff. Cool. Um, it's also maybe one of his more poppy albums but also one of his more rock and not as experimental as he was say um when we talked about his previous album two years ago Mm -hmm. desperate man which was a very 70s Mm -hmm. 60s 70s inspired rock album right right okay i'm really enjoying this one great which is why we got tickets to go see him yeah i'm sure we'll hear more at the end of the year oh yes we will yes we will all right, we are zooming right along here. That's Did awesome. you listen to anything else? Uh, no, I kind of holding pattern this week. Nothing really special. All right, then let's talk about 
new uh, video games yeah. as we get Let's in here. And we have new releases. We sure do. All right, we start with... Actually... Do we have new releases? These are last week. These are last week. I did weeks. not update it, I forgot. You did not Let's update it. Let's pull it up. All right, so as we pull up new <laughs> video <laughs> game releases... That. I think I did everything else except for this. Uh, I click on over there, release dates for notable upcoming games. That's the gist I usually use. This one, use. release dates for notable And then you have to... Oh, yeah, this yes, one. Yes, that's right. Here you okay, go. so here we are. Um, so 26. Yeah. So, big release this week is Super Mario... Or, sorry, not Super Mario. It's just Mario, Mario Party yeah. Superstars, which is the combination of all the previous Mario Party games mm -hmm. into one. Yep, so that's all on Switch. Uh, yeah, it seems like people that love Mario Party are already into it. Let's scroll all the way down next week because we'll miss all the rest of that we already talked about. No, that's not that. Let's go. It's going reverse. Yeah, no, yeah, I know. If you go all the way back, it goes to the next week. Big coming soon. Oh, okay. Looks like all we have this week. Uh, we have Bloodshore for literally everything. Yeah. If you got it, you can play it. We'll have Just Dance twenty twenty two. Same goes for that. Same goes for that. <laughs> And lastly, your big release yes. of the week, Call of Duty, colon, Vanguard, yes. for literally everything but the Switch. All right, this is where we have to decide, are we going to try this? Because we both have Gamefly, we could try to get it, but the question is, is do either of us really want to play another Call of Duty set in World War II? I'm going to say no, because I'm going to be busy playing a different yeah. game, which I will get into yeah, real quick here. I don't think... I might skip this year again. I skipped last year, too. So I might skip two Call of Duties in a row, which I haven't done in a long time. So, uh, by the trend here, does this mean the next one's going to be an Maybe advanced... Good. No, an advanced warfare <laughs> and not a Black Ops? There is a rumor that was going around that somebody said that they heard that the next one would be a sequel to Modern Warfare. So, another game called Modern Warfare 2. But... Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. I know. They made that mistake when they named the relatively new one Modern Warfare again. They're going to do it again. and because modern, modern, War because original Modern Warfare became outdated warfare. So yeah, you have to say... 10 years. So now it's going to be Modern Warfare 2007, Modern Warfare 2019. And you're also going to have to say Modern Warfare 2 2009 and Modern Warfare 2 2022. So basically they're just following the <laughs> blueprint of the Halloween franchise. Yeah. Basically. It's ridiculous. But that's the rumor. I don't know if that's substantiated. We'll find out probably six months from now. Yeah, okay. So, get ready for that. I mean, if we want to, like, not do that, we could. <laughs> um, also, there's some PlayStation games that aren't on this list that are coming out. But we'll talk about that. Yes, we'll talk about that right now. Right now. Because... PlayStation announced its PlayStation State of Play on Wednesday, which we alluded to last week. And hey, it happened. We watched it. Where's the meh button? Yeah. So we knew going into this, this would be just a third party yes. showcase. And they did say ahead of time it would only be 20 minutes. But man, that really was 20 minutes. <laughs> like, it felt like a bunch of games that I guess are for someone. But it was so scattershot and so spread out that it didn't feel like it was very big news. It just felt like, hey, here's some games that are neat, I guess, but like they're also coming out on stuff elsewhere. They're not PlayStation exclusives. You and know, they're all mostly for next year. You know what it really reminded me of? 
our bit segment. Yeah, it did. It felt like some bits. A little bit of here, a little bit of there. Yeah. Not really focused on any one specific either IP yeah. or studio, but even the IPs, even the studios, like these were like their big IPs. It was, oh, here's something some get people have been working on. Here's something right. that some people have been working on. So yeah, let's get to it. Where, where, where were these games? Uh, we start with Deathverse, colon, Let It Die, which was announced. A sequel to Grasshopper's game, Let It Die. Yes, uh, Let It Die was a free-to-play, I believe, thing on PS4 and Xbox One. That was a basically a deathmatchy kind of like battle game. I don't really, mm-hmm. I never played it. It seemed neat, and especially if you like Grasshopper's games, they're the uh, No More Heroes people, the right. Suda51's bunch. So it's got some style, it's got some uh, a neat look to it, and they're making a new one for the next-gen console, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, not, wait, not Battle, it is Battle Royale, right? Is it a Battle Royale? Uh, I'm it's not sure. related it's six to on it, six, Yeah, it's so, something like that. Yeah. Uh, we also have We Are OFK, yes. the band, announcing <laughs> We Are OFK, the game. Yeah. Uh, which is a five-episode series coming in 2022. This, I thought, personally, was the coolest thing in the entire show. And not just because yeah. it was band-related? I mean, that helps. <laughs> that helps a lot for me. But basically, the premise sounds really cool. So it's like so it's like a like a, a indie pop band kind of thing based in L.A. And you play as them during these five, five episodes in an adventure game like the Strangey kind of setup. Mm-hmm. Where you're like interacting, having conversations with the bandmates. There's romantic options for you. There's text conversations that you're doing. Seems like there's some mini games related to playing the music videos. The music videos themselves are interactive, which, if you should flash back, was something when I talked about my favorite game of 2018, Cyanar Wild Hearts. Yep. How I thought it would be a really cool idea for somebody to make a game where you play interactive music videos. <laughs> and hey, this might be it. So Someone listened to us. Maybe, they didn't happen. Maybe. I think it's a cool sounding idea, and having it be episodic is interesting, and it'll be interesting to see how they do that price-wise. Um, so yeah, uh, that's coming next year, and I'll probably check that out. So something we haven't said in a while, which yes. is sometimes they make a game specifically for yeah, us. Yeah, you know what? I think they may have made a game for me. Uh, hey. Of course, I'll wait until I try it, but it sounds pretty cool. Well, while you go and play that, <laughs> I'll be off here playing on the Bug Stacks expansion the Isle of Big Snacks. Big Snacks. Big Snacks. All right, so that's free bunger, to bunger, see. Bunger, bunger. Yes, big bungers. <laughs> big bungers. Deluxe bunger, double bungers. A double bunger deluxe with cheese? Double, double, yeah, you said it. Exactly. <laughs> that's uh, exciting. Yeah, that's announced for 2022 in a free content update. That's right. If you have the PS, if you're one of the lucky ones, well, <laughs> Not lucky ones, but if you bought the yes. PS5 um, PlayStation Plus version of Bug Snacks, yeah. you have access to the expansion when it comes out. Yeah, this is just just the same kind of transaction. So if you bought Bug Snacks, though, this will be free to you as well. Yes. It's cool. It's cool. I'm just saying that you could have gotten both for free right. through yeah, PlayStation yeah, Plus. Yes. Very cool. Right. Uh, there's also a new trailer for... Five Nights at Freddy's, colon, yeah. Security Breach. It looks like a Five Nights at Freddy's game just uh, in PlayStation 5 quality graphics. That's literally all this one is. Yeah. And that's due at the end of the year, yep. uh, December 16th. Which, 
is just past the cutoff date that we set for ourselves. <laughs> so even if we were going to play it, it wouldn't make any mm, lists. No, and honestly, it's five, you know what you're getting into with this. It's Five Nights at Freddy's. It looks like Five Nights at Freddy's. Yep. Uh, we also have Death's Door coming yes. to PlayStation on November 23rd. That is a roguelike that has already debuted on PC and Game Pass mm-hmm. on um, Xbox. Uh, it's gotten pretty good reviews, though. It seems like people who like those kinds of roguelikes, so maybe not you, uh, would, enjoy, <laughs> would enjoy it. You play as a little raven, which is also very cute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also Cart Riders, Colon yes. Drift, announced for 2022. Guess what kind of game that is. It's a mobile game. Well, no. no it's a kart racing, kart racing game. game. Um, yeah, it just seems super generic kart racing game. I don't know what this is for, but hey, who cares? I don't know. It follows in the footsteps of mod racers? Yeah, it did remind me of Bond Nation racers. Bond Nation right. racers? That's a, that's a callback. Jeez. I've oh, about that game in a long time. You, you want to go callback here? <laughs> How about King of Fighters 15? There you go. In beta. Yes. Uh, well, beta... Opens in mid-November for yeah. a release date, probably 2022. And they announced some new characters and uh, showed off some of it. And, I mean, those games are pretty. Those games always look really, really pretty. They've got that cool engine that, like, is 3D, but it, like, emulates 2D kind of mm-hmm. look. It still looks beautiful. I Fans of the fans of uh, King of Fire series will be excited about this one and get to try the beta. Yep. We also have First Class Trouble. Yeah. Announced for November second. <sighs> this is you're gonna be your PS plus free game of the month. Yep. And it's Among Us? It's Among Us. And I don't know if you wa- like Oh watched I watched this. it. Oh my god. It just it's like this is just Among Us. It's just Among Us. And they didn't even try to pretend it wasn't Among Us. So it's a different look. It's in full three D mm-hmm. and um it's kind of got like a more humanoid like characters walking around like what appeared to be like a mansion or something as its kind of vibe. Right. But they had a couple of the developers talk through the game and they were joking and stuff. But really what they were breaking down is just Among Us. Yeah. And everybody in the chat, I was looking at the chat, was just like Among Us, Among Us, Among <laughs> Us. Because it's like you can't make a game that's just Among Us. I mean, we just went through this with Fortnite, right? They right. introduced that new mode. That was just Among Us. Yep. And even then, uh, when uh, Fortnite people finally said, also credit to Among Us for inspiring this mode, mm-hmm. the Among Us developers were finally like, well, thank you. Like, at least you said at something. At least they, they Now we this again, just like a week later, yep. where another company is doing Among Us. It's bizarre, and I don't think that this is going to make any waves, because people are just going to be like, what? I already have Among well, Us. Well, see, they're, they're, they're going to say it's not Among Us because it's not set in space. <laughs> right. And you're dealing with robots against people. But the gameplay, what they describe as the moment-to-moment thing you do, it's just Among Us. It's Among Us with extra steps. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know why this exists, is what I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> I really don't know who this is for, but yeah, we'll get it for, for free. free. If you're a PlayStation Plus person, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, we also got the announcement of yes. Star Ocean, colon, The Divine Force yes. for 2022. As a PlayStation kid, did you play a Star Ocean game ever? I was supposed to. <laughs> okay. What's that mean? Oh, because um, <laughs> I, I, I finished playing Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. So then I was looking between Star Ocean and mm-hmm. uh, well, uh, Rogue. Rogue Pirate, something like that. 
Huh. Okay. So I went with I the, the rope. Exactly. It was yeah. super forgivable because uh, it's kind of like the same JRPG style, mm. like space adventure planet hopping. Okay. Work. Well, those who did will be excited for this because there hasn't been a Star Ocean game in a long time. It was a storied series, I believe. I believe Triace has their roots in. Um, Oh, Rogue Galaxy, that's what it is. Rogue Galaxy. Yeah, okay, I do vaguely remember that. I do... Yeah, okay. PS2 game yes, Rogue Galaxy. Rogue Galaxy. I, yes, yeah. I remember that box art. Yep, that's what... Yeah, so... You, you can see the Kingdom Hearts kind of inspired. Yeah. Whereas yes. Rogue Galaxy has been lost to time. Yes. Uh, Star Ocean uh, will continue, and this new one uh, it looks like a Star Ocean game. Like the super anime, uh, space travel, if that uh, classic RPG... With real time combat. So, if that sounds good to you, hey, this will be out next year. Yeah. And lastly, officially announced during the state of play is the new trailer for Little Devil Inside. Yeah, what is this? You seem to know something. Seem like you're acting like you know what this is. Um, let me remind myself what exactly this because is. Because honestly, when they were running the trailer, I was like, this looks boring. I don't really get what this is. Um, I don't know. I just like the art style. Okay. Yeah. That's right. I remember weird, like, little, little people, and I remember train. Yeah. The train is kind of, like, super adventurous, and like, you have your party in there, kind of a bit like Octopus Traveler. Right. But I don't know. I just like the art style in it. Okay. It kind of reminds <laughs> me a little bit about of um, Journey. Oh, okay. Kind of. Sure. A lot of games trying to listen to Journey lately. Yes. Okay, so, uh, yeah. Because people who grew up playing Journey are now the oh, ones... Jesus Christ. Grew up playing Journey the games from 2006? Yeah. Are now the ones making games. Oh, uh, no! Anyway. <laughs> I didn't hear that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, overall... I'm sorry, but, like, that makes, kind of makes sense. If you played Journey when you were 10 in 2006, yeah. now you're... Jesus. 24? 25? Anyways, uh, so yeah, that was the show. And that's uh, when we make ourselves feel old there. Yes, That was the PlayStation State of Play. Not so great, but there are a couple other uh, Sony announcements after the show was over. Yeah, not a part of the State of Play, but came out in blog posts. Um, The first one, not officially a post, but people noticed that in some of the Steam PC ports that... The developer behind those ports name changed from a specific studio. Sony Interactive. Sony Interactive to PlayStation PC. (laughs) Meaning that, as we mentioned a couple weeks ago, when um, some of those port studios came into the fold of PlayStation Studios, turns out they just spun them off into their own port um, port studio. Yeah, it seems like what they did was they grouped those companies together and maybe the staff that were working on these ports and just put a bit, one banner, PlayStation PC, above them. Yep. So that just means that it's just a really easy way of saying, like, oh, the PlayStation PC team is, to, is taking care of this. And, yeah, then they'll be credited going forward. Makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so people are freaking out that PlayStation was actually building a PC because they saw the headline only and didn't PC. read the article. Like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. no. No, that'd be a weird, weird thing for yes. now. Uh, also, <laughs> uh, more of an official announcement on the 
PlayStation blog, but also not said during the state of play, is that if you have access to an iPhone, good news, you probably have access to Apple Music. Mm -hmm. And if those two things are true, <laughs> and you have the PS5, no, only the PS5, you can put your Apple Music on the PS5. You can stream yes. directly to it. Real quick note about this. It doesn't seem like they're stopping at PlayStation 5. It seems like later people dug up a story that seems like there's evidence that they're working with Microsoft to get this on app, on Xbox Series X as well. Uh, but that has not happened uh, so far. But yeah, this is good. It expands the PlayStation Music section of the PlayStation interface, which has already included Spotify. Mm -hmm. So this will be a further option. Well, to be fair, Spotify dates back to the PS3. Right. But uh, but yeah, the both the PS4 specifically had the PlayStation Music branding for it, right. and so yeah, and this will just be another option. So if you have this subscription, you can add it on. So that means both Apple TV Plus and Apple Music are now on PlayStation Five, which is pretty cool. Correct. Um, it may actually inspire me to go back to them because I hate their soundtrack, but <laughs> love playing my Get own music. <laughs> yeah. If they let you. If what do you mean? Um, certain games will have to walk it out so you don't have to make sure uh, Madden is like cool with it. I bet Madden would be. That's so, uh, yeah, But yeah, Apple Music, PS5 only, no PS4. Yes. Um, for, now. for now. For now. I'm sure if they'll go backwards because as PlayStation moves forward. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it uses so much bandwidth that it wouldn't be possible. Like, <laughs> that would be weird. Right, but it's more <laughs> of like updating in um, now last gen tech. Um, lastly, for video game news, we have some quick bits here. Yeah. Quick game bits. Just a smattering of things that I felt like we would be remiss if we didn't mention. Yep. Including the Warner Brothers yes. multiverse platform Fighters <laughs> being leaked. Oh, and more or less confirming rumors that this game exists. Alright, so, did we talk about this at all last week? No. Because but it was still a rumor last it's week. It's still a rumor. Um, uh. that, so coming off the heels of Nickelodeon Brawl Stars... <laughs> We have another platform fighting game. Okay, so this began as a rumor. Uh, over the course of last week, it kind of got more and more firmed up. The original rumor was basically like, Warner Brothers is making a platform fighter, a la Super Smash Brothers, or Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl, called Multiverses. Get it? Yes. And would include a lot of their franchise uh, like characters that they own. Some names that they that mentioned were mentioned in the um, in the original rumor included like Johnny Bravo, um, Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. Um, so Space like, Jam too, more or less. <laughs> I'll get that to that in a moment actually. Um, and yeah, um, it seemed like that mix between okay, this is so stupid, it has to be fake. Gandalf is gonna fight Rick Rick and Morty. Like, what is this? Right. But there was just enough heat to it where some people were like, actually, I think this is real, guys. We'll give it a week. And sure enough, some uh, uh, people who are known for confirming rumors were able to say, actually, no, this all leaked, guys. So the one thing in the original rumor that didn't actually come true is that people thought that the uh, Mortal Kombat people, NetherRealm, were working on this. That ends up not being the case. NetherRealm is not the developer for this. In fact, it seems like it's from people who have seen it say that the actual game is kind of cheap-looking and does not look <laughs> that good. 
So take that as you will, but it does, it seems like this will come out. It will be called Multiverses, and it will involve Looney Tunes characters, Cartoon Network characters, Mad Max, <laughs> like, yep. um, like, Adventure Time, Adventure, like, all sorts of weird ass, like, and with the possibility of more characters coming through DLC later. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, DC people are in this, Superman potentially, like, it's a weird, weird idea, but it's not surprising considering two things, right? It's a confluence of Super Smash Brothers news made huge ripples every time it happened on the internet, yep. character announcements and, and reveals were huge on social media platforms. Well, you only know, because they wanted Sora and Smash. Yes, but you know that Warner Brothers was watching that, right? You yeah. know that they know, it's like, oh, this huge spike in numbers, we could do that too. Combined with the fact that media conglomerates right now are obsessed with the multiverse or the, the crossover. Just look at Facebook. They're pivoting their entire company to a metaverse concept, even changing their corporate name to Meta. That's so meta. <laughs> Is it? Is it? No. So, yeah, so it's a perfect confluence of those two worlds. If you asked me in 1999 if I thought that Super Smash Brothers would be the babe of the future of media, I would not have believed you. And yet Nintendo inadvertently created, or at least helped help advance a thing that has now become the thing that every media conglomerate wants to do with their properties. Uh, uh, more recently, I'd say Avengers did that in 2012. I definitely added to that. It's just... It said that these... Well, it's like, I feel like Avengers basically said... These standalone properties no longer need to be standalone. Yeah, yeah. You can connect them. And yeah. And, and to which people, you know, when they said that, you know, point to Smash Brothers because they've been doing it for 10 years, yeah. 15 years prior. So it's kind of a confluence of all sorts of things that are happening in media right now. And if even if it sucks, it's just a sign of the times. It's just this is what's going to happen. And it's a really, really bleak future. So that's multiverses. No, no release date. Nothing no announcement proper no either. Notes, but so we'll see. It's too good to. It seems like yeah. It seems yeah. like all the stuff leaked out too much for it to not be real. Yep. Speaking of things no longer being real, BlizzCon <laughs> officially canceled and yeah. will be reimagined. I mean, honestly, do you blame them after a year of Activision Blizzard as a corporation being called out and sued? And having people leave the company in mass masses and being exited and been kicked from the company in some some cases, combined oh. with the fact that the the general public's distaste for Blizzard seems to grow with every release, it just didn't make sense to have a fan event. Oh, on top of the fact that there's a pandemic still. Well, see, I thought the hate started back in the twenty sixteen. Oh yeah, it's been seventeen growing. when they took the prize money away from the guy who. <laughs> Mention Taiwan as a yes. country. It's just been growing into a snowball that's just getting bigger and bigger as the years have gone on. So no, I don't blame them for kind of wanting to rethink the whole thing. So they did say that there may be some product announcements around the time that BlizzCon would have happened. But what's not happening is any sort of online or real person fan community get together. Yeah. Man, it's been an amazing 10 years to watch Blizzard as a yeah. company... Basically rise to the merger and then fall mm-hmm. ever since. It's just brutal, but hey, this will give them a chance to really like think about, well, 
if we want to do something about our fans, we need to cater to the fans and give them something to be excited about. And right now, they just don't have anything. Nothing's exciting. Uh, what do you mean? Overwatch 2. Where is it? Where is Half it? the creative leads left the company. <laughs> what are they going to do with that thing? They announced it. Yeah, they announced it, but... They announced it like three years ago, four years ago now. Yeah, God. I don't know if that's ever going to be a thing. All right. We'll see. I don't know. But what is a thing, and that came out, for for better or for worse, (laughs) Nintendo Switch Online. Yes. The expansion. Yes. The N64 games have come out to middling to terrible reviews, including choppy frame rates and unremappable controls. So, yeah. Um... All right, on the tail of everybody complaining that the $50 price point was too high, not only did Nintendo make everybody pay that much, but they also delivered a substandard product, it appears. Mm-hmm. Seems like people who are comparing the N64 emulation to the virtual console emulation of the N64 games on the Wii U are saying that's even a downgrade from that. Oof. Apparently, games not only have choppy frame rates, I saw one clip of Ocarina of Time literally getting so framey that it crashed <laughs> and unremappable controls with the c buttons not being mapped to the second stick as you would imagine they would yeah. and instead being mapped to two buttons on the on the diamond uh control up here and then the other two in the plus mapped to, yeah uh, no no um you know how there's the diamond x a b x y yeah two of the c buttons are mapped to x y by default and then the other two, I think, are the stick. And I'm just like, what? Why? Then there's something you can do. You can hold down the ZR trigger, and then all of them are the C buttons. But that makes no s- Whatever. It's a disaster of uh. an idea, and you can't remap them per game. Is you this why remap- they want you to buy the new controller then? Yeah, it's like you basically uh. have to buy the N64 controller to have a true experience. On top of that, that's not even the worst thing. There are certain games... Well, wait, are- there's worse? Yes, there's worse. The thing that I think most people are upset about is that they did not emulate the compatibility with controller pack saves. If you were in N64 kit, which I know you weren't, but I was, the controller pack was a peripheral that plugged into the bottom of the N64 that would save a memory card, essentially. Just like a PlayStation memory card, it would save status. Generally, most games on the N64 had battery backup in the cartridge itself and had saves to the cartridge, and you didn't need it. But a lot of third-party games, and even some Nintendo games, Use the controller pack to save specific things. The game, one of the third-party games that's offered in this is uh, the game Winback, is 100% reliant on controller pack saves. It does not have it did not have battery backup in the original car- cartridge. So if you try to save in the game, just like Winback tells you to, it will say no controller pack detected. They did not emulate the controller pack oh. saves. There are save states, just like the Super NES and NES games, mm-hmm. but those are one-time use. So there's no permanent saves that you can go back to in WinBack. But isn't part of like the whole uh, like Switch Online emulation through like NES and the SNES that you can save anywhere at any point? That's what I'm saying. Those those are the save states, but they're one-time use. Right. So when you use it, it goes away. So basically, setting some some things. Someone is saying is like, oh, if you beat the game, you want to have a save that you beat the game, and also want to start a new game. You can't do you that. You can't do that unless you're games. on a separate profile, right? With a separate online account. The other thing that this allows is games that usually have battery backup saves that have special features that are controller pack based won't work. Mario Kart 64, for instance, 
You can save your progress in the Grand Prix. You can save your unlocks if you unlock the mirror mode. But saves for ghost data were memory pack required, controller pack required. You could not save ghosts. And if you haven't played Mario Kart, ghosts are no, your best played, times yeah, in uh, your, I played Crash Team Racing. Right, exactly. Though, is and your best times. That's saved to the disc yeah. in the memory uh -huh. card. In the memory card. So no, you can't save ghosts in Mario Kart 64 on the Switch because it does not have support for that. <laughs> did did someone not realize this? That's is, the is there thing. no like, upper management saying, hey, this it's, thing had this when I was a kid, it'll yeah. break? It's unbelievable that they released this thing with the higher price tag and didn't deliver the basics of it. The basic expectations of having an N64 game run on your system. It's obnoxious. I hope that Nintendo hears all of this um, and fixes it. By the way, from what I've heard about the Genesis games is that they play fine. So if you're getting this for the Genesis oh, games... Oh, thank God the Genesis yeah, games right. are fine. You it know. seems like the thing that they were really selling this on, the N64... Stuff is just so subpar that it seems like most people are not having a good time with it. So, be as it may, if that sounds like you still want to try playing, you know, Ocarina of Time on your Switch, you can. But generally, it seems like people are not having a good time. Well, it's funny that you bring up even you save mid game. Yeah, because, because our final game bit is about a game that didn't make you do that beforehand. <laughs> Returnal. Yes. Finally, yes. in the recent update, gets mid-save game updates. Yeah, it's a one-time use thing, similar to a save state, yep. but it does allow you to completely turn off the console and come turn it back on and play where you left off in your run. Right. That's important. It didn't do that before. Will this change your opinion of Returnal? No, because no. I can't return back <laughs> to it after I die. Yeah. I go back through the whole thing. Yeah. So... So, that's, so I'm sure some people will appreciate this change. I think it will make it a return will fit a little bit better in some people's lives. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I think, yeah, we had our time with the game and bounced off of it. And so it just didn't click for us. But there's a lot of people who love this thing. Well, the people who like the challenge, like the Dark Souls runs and yeah, the Demon yeah, Souls. Yeah. There's a lot of elements to that, too. Yeah. All right, we that's done? It? I think that's it. Any other bits? video game news? I don't think. I think that's all I got, too. All right. Cool. All right. Cool. All right. So let's talk about some video games then, shall we? We played some recent releases. Yeah, some October releases. Uh, I'll start with the Switch game that I played that I didn't play with myself. <laughs> played with my wife. Oh, all right. Yeah, because we went and got together. Yeah. And got married. Yes. Had a Switch. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> yes. that's, that's, that's what you do when you get married. Yeah, you have to have game consoles. That's yep. What you do. And we played WarioWare Get It, it together. together. All right. So um, I gamefied this because she said that she really liked WarioWare games growing up. Mm -hmm. I never playing a yeah. Wario a Nintendo console. They're Wario game. shit. It's one of my favorite franchises. So I got it. Yeah. I figured, hey. Something that the both of us can play. Yeah. What the hell is this? Alright, alright. Okay, so here's the thing. So, I'm playing <laughs> the game, and then 10 seconds go by, the game goes away. And then it's like, here, here's another one. <laughs> like, okay, I think I understand what I'm doing yeah. here. Uh -huh. Then 10 seconds goes by, it's like, okay, uh -huh. enough of that. Yeah. Here's another one. Uh -huh. It's like, okay, 
Okay, yeah, okay, I know what I'm doing here. I think I can do this. I'm just about to do it. Nope, sorry. Time's up. Throw it away. New game. What you're describing is the entire pitch of <laughs> WarioWare. It always has been that. The first, I didn't know that. The first game was called WarioWare Mega Micro Games because that's what these are. They're not mini games. They're micro games. They're about 10 seconds each, and you have to adapt to them extremely quickly or else you will fail them. The idea is, is that they come out, you rapid fire, and the more you play them, the repetition means you're learning what they, what you're supposed to do in them, and you get better at them. But by the time I realized what I was supposed to be doing, it's saying, nope, yep. we're, we're changing this on you. We're changing the location, and we're changing yes. the character. Yeah, isn't that great? That's chaos! Yeah, that's what it is. That's the thing. The, oh. the charm of the WarioWare series has always been... Is that the stuff comes at you so fast and furious, you're just like, what the hell was that? And it's supposed to be funny. It's, a, it's supposed to be like, oh, that's hilarious that I just had to pick this nose for a second, and then I was done, and now I have to, like, clear, like, then this lady is, like, dropping a big anime tear, and I have to avoid it. Oh, and now this shoe is going to stomp on my guy, and I have to move my guy over. That's WarioWare. That's the essence of WarioWare, is you're constantly seeing new shit. It's hilarious. You don't know what's happening. And then you get to the point where you're like, okay, now I know it's happening, and I want to be challenged by doing it even faster. Oh, it does that for you, though, because after <laughs> you go halfway through, yes. it says, now let's speed it up. Uh -huh. And it's like, but I just got used to it, okay. and now you're thinking it'd be faster? So here's the one thing I will say about this as a kind of a follow-up to that is... Um, so, maybe, so maybe I should have, like had a basis of what WarioWare is before I actually yeah, got this thing? maybe. Because the key difference between the previous WarioWares and this game is actually a pretty big one. Previous WarioWares, it was just button inputs to beat the, 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 uh, to beat the uh, minigames. Here, you take control of characters, and you have to... The character itself solves the mini micro game. Wait, was that not a concept before? No, this is the first game. The whole pitch of Get It Together is that you're for the first time you are directly controlling Wario or whoever you play as. I thought that was standard. Screen. No, that's new. <laughs> that is the new concept, and having the characters do different abilities to solve it also new for Get It Together. Previous Wario games, it was a flat plane. Like you just been in, basically not knowing anything. You would have to know, like, figure out what buttons to press because it, the buttons would do something. For example, this one sounds game, terrible. One micro game is a, a, a pole is being dropped from the top of the screen. Right, you have a hand right here, and the hand is open. So, what do you think you have to do in that mini game? Because the it. pole is going to drop. Yes. Well, so what button do you think you have to push? I don't know. A. Yes. Uh, yeah. When you and so the game, literally, the micro game is just pole drops. Press A yeah. in time before it drops. Right. Yeah, that's that's my that's the first game. Is essentially all the games are like that, where it's very simple. Like you have to figure out in a second, like okay, uh, does this use the buttons? Does this use the stick? What am I doing? Boom. That's WarioWare. So this adds more complication to that. By by moving, <laughs> by being able yeah. to move. And then of course, but it's still in like ten seconds spurts yeah. and yeah. random chaos. So yeah, that's always been the case. So I think that, yeah, I wish I knew that going into it because it was confusing. You probably should have done any research. No. On. No, my research is, hey, it has two Switch controllers. It's a two-player game. <laughs> I should get this because it's a two-player game. And yeah. I can play it with people. How's that not like the pitch? I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, it's just where, this is the consequence of growing up not in the Nintendo household and not playing any previous WarioWare game at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say if you can go back to the first one, it's the the best introduction to the series. Okay. What I would also recommend is if you have anybody, if you know anybody who has a GameCube or a Wii, and if you want a multiplayer experience, there is a GameCube game called WarioWare Mega Party Games that adapts all of the games from the original Game Boy Advance game into a multiplayer format. Okay. That's probably the best intro, because then you can play with friends and you can kind of get an idea of what a simple version of the original game was. Um, there's also Touch for the DS, which uses stylus controls, and all the minigames are designed along that. Uh, and then there's um, uh, Twisted for the Game Boy Advance, which uses a motion control thing. If you want all of them, if you want a collection of anything that's come in the past, WarioWare Gold for the 3DS is a collection that came out a couple years ago that collects all of those so that way you can see it all in one. So you should go back and check out some previous I feel Warrior like there's this like blank history that just yeah. opened up to me. Yes, you need to know because yeah, if you came out came into this not knowing what the hell was happening, that's probably wise because you hadn't had that foundation based on it. But yeah, interesting to hear from uh, somebody who has not played the Wario game, WarioWare game, see what WarioWare is for the first time. <laughs> I mean, funny. I guess it's like listening to Ed Sheeran's equal, not having listened to anything other than maybe, Ed before maybe, that. Maybe kind of like that. I don't know. But that's not the game you really want to talk about. No, that's not the game I really want to talk about. Um, but real quickly, even though it was chaotic... It was chaotic good. Yeah, I, I like uh, the chaotic. That's the thing about I, it. I like that I was able to like figure it out and move and yeah. like it the quick reaction. I mean it did end up failing because I was playing two players, so if one person players fails, you both fail, you don't mm-hmm. get them. uh but you only get one point instead okay. of the two points. Uh so it's fun chaotic, mm-hmm. but still chaotic nonetheless. Which, sounds, sounds you like know, it. would have been helpful to know in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you knew. No. Anyway, okay, let's talk about the other game real quick. I thought it was like out. a platformer like Mario. Yeah, we're, uh, I'm running out of time, so let's, let's talk about the last game here. All right, last game here. I'll be quick because I'm pro- I've only gone through basically what was the first level and a half. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably play more over the course of the next week to get more into the story and more opening up into... Upgrading and changing costumes and doing stuff. Um, I'm talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Right, from, Guardians of the Galaxy. From Square Enix, mm-hmm. but not Crystal Dynamics. Yes. It's key. It's key because <laughs> if you play, like I did, Marvel's Avengers from Crystal Dynamics, may you have left a bad taste in your mouth as it was very mission-based and... Didn't feel I felt like the stories itself were kind of disjointed, and you can like do any separate mission, but the missions themselves were kind of self-contained, and mm-hmm. the actual narrative was eh, loose and unfulfilled, especially since they've since its release mm-hmm. put out, albeit free, <laughs> expansion stories. Uh, most recently being the uh, War for Wakanda and introduction of Black Panther. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy video game, however, is its own self-contained story. You don't have, 
adding. Let me see here. So far, both of you have been able to play as Peter Quill. I don't don't. I'm pretty sure I've read that you don't play as anyone else, mm -hmm. but they are in your party and they have different abilities that you can use. Yeah. Um. It's more story narrative driven, which I enjoy a lot more than I did the Avengers game. And the act interactions that you have as the captain with the other guardians kind of influences the other main story points. Okay. Uh, there was one point where I was given the option of having Drax throw um, Rocket across a gorge to hit the um, panel on the other side mm -hmm. or try and find another um, way around. Well, I decided to see what would happen if I threw Rocket over and sure <laughs> enough, Drax threw Rocket over hey. the gorge to the other side. What ended up happening was that Rocket um, lost morale leadership in me. <laughs> and it says that, like, Rocket's, um, uh, like, leader, what is it? Like, companionship is dropped or something. Yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> I wonder if that's going to kick me and bite me in the ass later. Yeah. Uh, there's also points where um, you have to make a choice with him. Like, do you go with plan A or plan B? <laughs> do you follow this person's or this person's suggestion or this or someone else's suggestion? Do yeah. you follow Drax's obscure suggestion or do you follow Groot's suggestion of <laughs> I am peace? Groot? Yes. <laughs> That's all you can suggest. Yeah, but it, it's <laughs> it's funny and it's yeah. it helps influence the story. Yeah. Albeit somewhat minor, but at certain points it does become major. That's cool. Also, I love the interaction. I love the music. I yeah. I love the dialogue between them. If if all you're coming from the basis here is the films, and not the comic book series, you're not missing a beat here. Mm -hmm. It has that kind of James Gunn humor in yeah. it. From the first trailer they showed, it seems like that's the tone they're going for. It's like, mm -hmm. hey, you like those movies? We're gonna make a game that's like those movies. And it's very much like those movies. I also like that the costumes from those films. Are scattered throughout yeah. the game. You just That's have to cool. go and find them. How's the combat? Simple. Okay. But interactive to mm -hmm. where you can either shoot, as Peter Quill, he either shoot people yeah. or you can punch people. Okay. But because all the other four guardians are on your team, you can have them do special things mm. in combat. Like Groot will have them well, bog down the enemies with his plants. So they won't move anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, tr uh, Rocket will throw grenades everywhere at a widespread area blast. Um, Drax will super punch them. <laughs> and then Gabora will slice and dice with her swords. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. And then even you as uh, Peter Quill have the ability to fly and shoot, to dodge enemies and shoot mm -hmm. at the same time. It's fun. I'm just getting into the level up system as well mm -hmm. as upgrading my armor and packs and stuff with the different stuff uh, scattered around the world. Mm -hmm. I think that might be the thing that separates us from the Avengers game, which is while Avengers was based on Earth and stuff that we have a familiarity with, mm -hmm. the Guardians game is based in space, where literally anything can be on purpose. So... Rather than taking something that we know, like, oh, this isn't like how a street or building or flipping cars are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, foliage and yeah. explosion and monsters and, like, 
let the imagination run wild because if you don't know it's a it's a mistake, it's done on purpose then. <laughs> okay. You having a good time with it then? Yeah. Um I like the humor. Mm-hmm. I like the fast paced. I uh, that's what I was said saying before is that mm-hmm. even when it's not a sto- specific story beat, they're always talking to each other and even right. like talking out of the uh, speaker of the PlayStation. Oh, uh, that's fun. Uh, the yeah. PS5 yeah. as well. Controller. And then you can influence it by like either like provoking or siding yeah. with one person or another. Right, right, right. Like if two people are bickering, you can be like, oh, like side with this person or side with that person or calm your team or like provoke them or yeah. um, like like get get them back on track or sig- like make a joke to to calm the divide. It's a neat idea. Like it, it really pairs the the thing that everybody likes about the Guardians of the Galaxy is that they are just like a bunch of people hanging out mostly and yeah. like, tr- and, like quippy. Talk, and quipping with each other. And it makes that matter in in the actual game. It's a really mm-hmm. cool concept. And I guess I guess we'll find out if it works through the whole game or not. Um, because you've only scratched the surface. Yeah, I've only scratched like scratch the surface. Um, I've only gone through two chapters. Don't know how long the game is, but yeah, through those two, I'm having a fun cool. time with it. That's great. I'm glad to hear it's good because, yeah, I I feel like those trailers were very divisive. People were either yes. like, man, that looks like the movies. This looks cool. Or, this is weird. They're not like the movie. Like, they don't look like they're in like the people in the movies. And also, they seem to talk a lot. That's been the kind of the main criticism I've heard is a lot of people don't like uh, Star Lord's voice in this. They think Weird. that he's annoying. It doesn't sound like you came to that conclusion. No, it sounds okay. like I don't want to say generic leader, but <laughs> generic leader, which you know, as the leader of the Guardians, you're yeah. you're supposed to have the neutral, calming voice. All all sides can talk to you. Okay. I've heard it described as a as a pop punk lead singer whine. Fun. <laughs> but that that is one thing that it is in each character's design is that yeah. it does feel like everyone specifically designed like an eighties pop punk band. Oh, I see. Okay. So, so that may be where they're getting it from. They're going for. But because you can change the costumes on everybody, yeah, you okay. you don't have to keep with that pop punk kind yeah. of aesthetic. Well, I'm having fun with it. Good, good. So we'll probably hear more about it. Yep. Uh, This is also my first time dealing with the free PS5 upgrade uh, Mm -hmm. from a PS4 disc on the PS5. Yeah. So how that worked was I just put the disc in, and then it immediately prompted that said, hey, you can play the game regular as Mm -hmm. a PS4 game from the disc. You can copy it to the system as a PS4, so it'll run faster on the SSD. Yeah. Or... You can download the free PS5 upgrade and right. play the PS5 digital version so long as you have the PS4 disc in, which has the access key. Yes. So I did that. So I'm playing off the PS5 version, and it looks great. Cool. I, I like everything that's going on with it right now. That's awesome. And I like how easy that was. Also, it gives you options, too. Mm-hmm. I, I liked that as much. So overall, I have very positive vibes with... Mm-hmm. The Guardians of the Galaxy. I'll talk about it more uh, yeah. once I actually beat the game, because I'm just getting into the leveling up system right. of leveling up the gear and the visor and like my shield and stuff, as well as the different skill points. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm still like low level, but yeah. as I'll play more, I'll get. It'll be the story will unfold, and I'll have more more to say about it once I beat it and. 
unlike other games, this is probably a game I will end up beating and I don't know. I may actually just end up like having this on hand and buying it because mm. it may be that good. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, very cool. And hey, even though we were ahead of the time, like going into music. <laughs> yeah. We, we lagged a little bit in the last half, but there was yeah. lots to talk about. Oh, yes. But that will do it. We'll wrap up here because that will do it for the Media Book Podcast this week. We'll be back next week in a post-Halloween haze for the next episode for you. We may not be live for that. We'll let you all know if that's going to be the case. But in the meantime, enjoy the rest of the week. Thank you for watching this week. Here are plugs. Plug you can go to YouTube.com. Search for Media Book Podcast. Find our page where all our archives are for our live shows well as videos of older shows in the past just like subscribe comment whatever you want to do to interact with us there we appreciate it you can listen to the audio version of the podcast on podcast services such as apple podcast uh iHeartRadio, spotify amazon google play wherever you listen to your podcast we're there to search media boat podcast social media networks we're on twitter at media boat cast is our handle there facebook search media boat podcast to find our page um, you can find us mediaboatpodcast.com where we archive uh, our shows there as well. And last but not least, if you have questions, comments, feedback, anything you want to say to us, email us directly at mediaboatpodcast.com or wait, mediaboatpodcast.gmail.com. Sorry. That's the email address. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week for another show. In the meantime, have a spooky Halloween. Yes, enjoy the rest of October because we'll be in November next time you hear us. Indeed. All right. All right. See ya. Bye.